Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Today is Monday, December 23rd, 2019. On this day in 1996, the body of 39-year-old French film producer Sophie Toscan Duplantier was found at her vacation home in County Cork, Ireland. It would take 23 years before her killer saw his day in court. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the murder of French film producer Sophie Toscan Duplantier, who was killed outside her home just two days before Christmas. Let's go back to the isolated Irish hamlet of Drynon in West Cork. It was just after three in the morning on December 23, 1996. Marie Farrell sat in the passenger seat as her friend gave her a lift back to her car. The shopkeeper and mother of four had told her husband, Chris, that she was off to meet some girlfriends. But this was a little white lie. She'd spent the last three hours with a man she met in Cork City. They rendezvoused outside a village called Goline, then went cruising in his car. They spent the evening talking, just talking, or at least that's what she would tell her husband if he ever asked. Of course, he was never supposed to know about the male friend at all. But the truth has perverse ways of coming out. Marie and her secret friend drove through the Irish countryside, back towards her car. He slowed a little as they approached the Caelfeda Bridge. As the car rumbled across the bridge, Marie recognized a man walking in the opposite direction. She had seen him yesterday and the day before. An English journalist who lived in the area, or something. Marie paid him just a quick glance before turning her attention back to the lively conversation in the car. A few hours later, long after Marie had returned home, another Cork County native started her day. Shirley Foster needed to run some errands in town in preparation for Christmas. Just after 10 a.m. on December 23rd, she drove down the laneway she shared with her neighbors, the Toscan du Plantiers. She passed a heart-wrenching sight. A lifeless body lay draped over the briar bushes that lined the road. It was her neighbor, Sophie, She'd flown in from Paris alone just a few days prior to enjoy the holidays in peace. She wore only a dressing gown. Blood was caked in her long, thick hair. Her body was covered in gouges from the thorny briar bush. The Irish police, or the Gardaí, 
were quick to descend on the scene. It didn't take long to piece together the events of the night before. Sophie's home showed no signs of forced entry. She had likely opened her door to her attacker. This killer, this wolf in friend's clothing, had smashed her head in, landing several blows to her skull. She had fought ruthlessly, even escaping the house long enough to jump into the briar patch that lined the walk. Like Br'er Rabbit, she hoped the thorny bushes would protect her from certain death. Instead, they had delivered death by a thousand cuts. The thick, finger-length thorns gnashed at her body as blood drained from her skull. Despite her heroic effort, she finally succumbed to the attack. In the early morning hours, she collapsed in the dirt, a lifeless clump. Her assailant disappeared into the night, a coward hiding in the shadows. The investigation that followed would prove so confounding, Sophie's family would wait over 23 years for justice. Coming up, the police hunt for Sophie's killer. Now back to the story. Just after 10 a.m. on the morning of December 23, 1996, Irish Gardee descended on a grisly scene. The little cottage that Sophie Toscan Duplantier used as a country hideaway, the place she went to seek refuge and quiet, was now the site of her brutal murder. Her neighbor, Shirley Foster, discovered Sophie's lifeless body, beaten to death in the laneway. The Gardee were quick to launch an investigation. They could piece together much of what had happened, but there were no clues as to who the assailant might have been. In fact, it was weeks before the Gardee caught their first break. On January 11, 1997, a woman using the alias Fiona called the Bandon Garda station. She reported that she had seen a man walking the Caalfada Bridge near the Toscan du Plantier cottage just after 3 a.m. on the night of the murder. Then the woman suddenly hung up. Meanwhile, local press and Sophie's family had descended on the police station, putting enormous pressure on the Gardee to procure a culprit. Desperate for a lead, Chief Superintendent Noel Smith of the West Cork Garda Division issued an appeal on the local crime line, promising Fiona anonymity in exchange for any information she had on the man crossing Caalfada Bridge. So the next day, when Fiona called into the Bandon Garda station, the officers begged her to come down to the station and give a statement. Initially, she agreed but she never showed. Superintendent Smith worried that the papers would catch wind that the singular witness was failing to come forward. If Fiona called again, they needed to be ready with a plan to force her cooperation. That final call came in on January 24th. Fiona informed the guardie she couldn't meet with the investigations team, the police spent several minutes begging her to reconsider, but Fiona put her foot down. 
she declined their request and hung up. But she hadn't declined quickly enough. Police had already traced the call to the home of Marie and Chris Farrell. Fiona was actually Marie, using an alias to prevent her affair from being exposed, and possibly to avoid retribution from a killer. Then, through pure coincidence, a second lead came forward the following week. On February 4, 1997, the Gardee received a call from a local schoolboy named Malachi Reed. The teenager had offered to give a man named Ian Bailey a ride home. As the pair made their way through the countryside, Reed claimed that Bailey confessed to Sophie's murder. According to Malachi, Bailey said he went up there with a rock and bashed her brains out. Police quickly located Ian Bailey, an English journalist living in West Cork, and matched the description of the man Marie Farrell had seen on the bridge. He was arrested by local guardie on February 10, 1997. However, Bailey swore he was innocent. With no real evidence to hold him, he was released without charge shortly thereafter. So began a 23-year-long game of cat and mouse between Ian Bailey and the authorities. Over the course of the next year, West Cork Gardee created a 2,000-page file on Sophie's murder. Based on the collected evidence, Ian Bailey was arrested again on January 27, 1998. However, after another intense round of questioning, he was again released without charge. The case went quiet for over a year. Then, in March of 1999, a French filmmaker named Guy Girard came forward. He claimed that in the weeks before her death, Sophie Toscan du Plantier told him about her English friend Ian Bailey, whose current writing projects explored dark, violent themes. The police obviously found this information to be damning, but without additional evidence, there was little they could do. And so, Sophie's friends and family were forced to sit idly by, hoping for a new development in the case. Their closest taste of justice came in August of 2001, when Ian Bailey was arrested for beating his girlfriend, Jules Thomas, at their home. He was arrested, charged, and given a three-month suspended sentence. In May of 2019, a French court held Ian Bailey on trial in absentia, if only in an attempt to bring peace to Sophie Toscan du Plantier's family. The trial, which lasted four days, went through the evidence stacked against Ian Bailey. Three judges reviewed his alleged relationship with Sophie and his physical abuse of his partner, Jules Thomas. Jules' daughter also testified. She claimed Bailey had pursued her for sex on Christmas Day, 1995, a year before Sophie's murder, and just four months after the young woman had turned 18. 
Given the circumstantial evidence, witness testimony, and history of violence against women, Bailey was sentenced to 25 years in prison in France. If the Irish government were to extradite him, the now 62-year-old would likely spend the rest of his life incarcerated. But as of this recording, Bailey still lives in West Cork, just down the road from Sophie's cottage. It may seem unjust that he walks free, but at the very least, he is hated by the community and dogged by reporters constantly. The people of West Cork have gone out of their way to ostracize him. He may never have been tried in an Irish court of law, but he's certainly been deemed guilty by the court of public opinion. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the ParCast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Andy Waits, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, Travis Clark, and Paul Mahler. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Aaron Lan, with writing assistance by Maggie Admire. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Thank you.